When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome back to the official Arsenal Vavil YouTube channel. Uh, we're back with our first collab of the 2021-22 uh, uh, Premier League season. Um, we've got a nice little one for you today. We've got Namdi back on, host of the Talk You Talk podcast. How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you. Um, it's good to have you you back on for the new season. Uh, and then we've got uh, Daniel Khan, Arsenal presenter. Um, how you doing, man? Always great to have you on. Thank you, bro. Pleasure to be here, man. We're gonna we're gonna discuss some of the um the the ongoings at Arsenal Football Club this week. Obviously, um, a bit of a de- disappointing defeat to Chelsea, <clears throat> excuse me, um in uh, at the weekend, and that's kind of where we're gonna start. Obviously, Arsenal lost two 0 to Chelsea. Um, kind of bittersweet moments for some fans. Obviously, Dan yourself being back at the game. Um, obviously being back at a game for the first time, well, full stadium in what over eighteen months, and then but then losing to Chelsea, our deadly London rivals, two 0 how did it feel to be Batman? Well, I was at the um, I was at the Brighton game at the back of last season, where okay. it was like finally being back at the Emirates, and and that was that was an incredible vibe, but still very strange. You still felt the eeriness and the emptiness, and you still felt that COVID very much was a, a thing hanging over football and life in general. Uh, on Sunday, though, it was totally different. It, it, there there was this of like. I was at the Euro 2020 final as well, and that and the, that was of course ridiculous, insane, mm, yeah. one of the maddest things I've ever experienced. Yeah, this felt a lot more wholesome. This one felt like wow, we're home, and the all the food stalls are out, and all the scarf vendors are out, and the, the Holloway Road is busy again, and like it, it just all felt very good. Like all the Arsenal fans, there was a lot of Arsenal fans that didn't know each other, that were all mingling, all chatting. Um, and it really felt like um, a celebration before a ball had even been kicked. Like in the mm-hmm. foyer, people were singing nonstop, you know, an hour before kickoff. Um, and it, and just the noise, that noise when the Arsenal players came out. Like I'd not felt that or heard of that in so long in that stadium. Um, so it almost kind of, it almost makes the Chelsea result kind of easier to swallow in a way. Yeah. I know that's yeah. stupid, I'm still disappointed in how we got dealt with it felt like a punch to the stomach rather than getting obliterated it felt like just that one hit in the stomach that we could have maybe avoided uh overall being back at the stadium was amazing 
But of course, you know, as we'll talk about more, um, losing to Chelsea in that fashion, yeah, a bit of a a bit of a low blow, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I don't know about you, man, but obviously I know so many match going Arsenal fans like yourself have a bit of a pre-match routine. I know I used to enjoy, you know, get off the, the tube station at Arsenal, go to Pirebury Corner, go to some of the uh, the pubs, get your corner. <laughs> I, know, I know Pirebury Corner, is it, is it shut Pirebury down? Pirebury Corner is the one. Pirebury Corner is the one. It's shut down though, isn't it? Like, because of COVID. I swear they Yeah, so because yeah, so, so of COVID, but as far as I'm aware, it's it's back up and running. Yeah, I think it reopened, didn't it? We're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Pirebury Corner is an institution, man. I mean, listen, it's yeah. it. Hybrid Corner was in Arsenal's third kit video. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the central, the central part of the pre-match. Um, absolutely. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. Man. absolutely. Um, and then you've got some of the pubs, the pins, all these um, all these places people like to go. You get your match day programme, you go to the concourse. I don't know about you, but Block 26 was kind of where I like to stand with the, the atmosphere um, pre-match, get your beers in. What, kind, what was the main highlight for you before the game? Like, where did you go where you're like, we're back, man? So... I think what it is is when I when I arrive super early, then what I do is I get off at Highbury and Islington. So I like okay. to make that walk all the way down the Holloway Road. Mm. Like I like to I like to just take it all in. Yeah. Um, and just it gives me a bit of time before I see the stadium and get gassed. It takes me a bit of time to just mm. discuss the match and see what we think is going to happen. Um, this one we were running a little bit tight, so we got off at Holloway Road, and uh, when you get off, without fail, on your right hand side as you walk down. There's a banging jerk chicken spot uh, where they sell patties <laughs> and stuff. So it was uh, three portions of jerk chicken and rice for me and my amigos. Um, we got a little drink. Uh, my cousin who's with me, he got a half and half because he was super ex- excited. He got a half and half. Oh, no. Before <laughs> kickoff. Before kickoff as well. So we played full whack for it as well. Um, but yeah, then we just got down to outside the armory and that's where you... You know, people are on the roundabout and the mm-hmm. media's there and you're, you're meeting up with your friends and just just hung about and caught a vibe. And obviously behind us, the team bus arrived. Yeah, Lacazette yeah. was behind the team bus in his red Ferrari and like yeah. causing all sorts of commotion. I don't know. I don't know why he thought that would be sensible, but literally <laughs> everyone was surrounding him. And um, it was a really good vibe. It felt good to be back. I caught up with uh, Julian Laurens from The Athletic. Um, okay. and spoke to him about the game he was he's actually a he's a PSG fan but also obviously because of his French roots Arsenal he's, he's got a soft spot for Arsenal yeah um, I caught up with him Joel, Joel Bayer was outside the ground as well yeah, yeah. and um, yeah just just that walk in that little funnel outside of Holloway Road Station up to the Emirates is is just always a good vibe man 100% man I'm hoping to get back for the the, the Norwich game which I believe is our next home game so Fingers crossed um, we'll be able to get back in, in the stadium. I think it will be a special moment for everyone uh, returning to the ground. But obviously, um, an Arsenal podcast, we had to discuss everything about Arsenal. And unfortunately, a major factor of that day was the fact we lost 2-0 to our London rivals, Chelsea. Namdi, was was that a tough one to swallow? You know what? You've just gone from down like, like, like summarising the whole, you know, the beautiful atmosphere of combat to the Emirates. And now we actually got to talk about the game. <laughs> We've got time to win the whole mood. Um, tough. You know what? It was it was a tough one to swallow. But the thing is, and 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 that's that's kind of the sad part about what where I think our team's at. We're either you too surprised at result at full time. No one really was surprised, and I think that was the real damning uh, situation. Uh, just 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 the overall situation of it that no one really expected us. Obviously, with um 
the circumstances around the team and stuff, really, I still think with all our first team, I don't think we was going to beat Chelsea. So I think the it was a tough pill to swallow, but it wasn't a surprise for anyone. It wasn't a surprise for Gunas. It wasn't a surprise for any other fans in the league or around the world. I feel like we started that game expecting to lose. And that is a very sad realisation to come to. Mm, yeah, no, I think the way I saw the game, like like Dan, we were saying earlier, um, we started the game well, I thought. Like the first few minutes, um, I know, again, watching on TV is a completely different experience, but mm. even Gary Neville was saying Arsenal looked sharp in this first yeah. game. And then it, I think that was just the kind of original boost the fans, the, the party atmosphere at the Emirates. Just like everyone happy to be back. We were pushing them on and yeah. we, we were playing some decent football, getting into some decent positions. Um, but then Chelsea just kind of had a moment. They just took a breath. And then, what was it, something like 15 minutes into the game and Lukaku's got the ball in the back of the net and he's already mm-hmm. shushing the, the the Arsenal crowd. Like, Dan, again, was it just, just a tough one to swallow kind of being there? Yeah, so... Spot on from Namdi, to be honest. Like it's one of those ones where none of us were really expecting a win. When I was on my way to the Emirates, I was not, I wasn't hopeful about anything. I was just yeah. happy to be going back to watch the Arsenal. Mm. It was only when kickoff uh, came and there was that first five minutes where I thought, are we having one of those days again where we just pull a stunning performance out of the bag yeah. because the weather's <laughs> popping and the fans are here. And then we'll go back to our season. But for today, we're going to ball out like Barca 09. Um, we started off really well. There were some really good moments. Pepe was driving at the defence. Emil Smith-Rowe looked really lively. Sambi Lakonga, by the way. Yeah, big fan. Was that, on pass, that pass he made. That pass he made. No, honestly, that was, that was ridiculous. I was on the side when he hit that yeah. ball. I saw the touch. I saw the way he opened up his body. And the way he just leaned and cut that ball. It was like on a plate. And Sambi Lukonga was one of those really nice positives from the game. Seeing him going, wow, like we've, like, I think what we've done is instead of going the Eve Basuma route and getting the Premier, paying the Premier League tax, we've gone and found a player with same similar capabilities and like a similar kind of role in the team and oh, got him from Anderlecht instead. And he looks a top, top player. But you're right, with, with Chelsea, I felt like they were under pressure but they took a breath and I, I really felt this kind of maturity in their team and this mental assurance that we lack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think players like Jorginho really bring that to their team. I think their, their back line, people like Cesar Spilicueta, mm-hmm. people like Marcus Alonso, they're, they're, they're players that don't scream out to you as world, world class, but they've got this maturity that comes mm-hmm. from their experience that means they're able to <laughs> hold moments like that down. And um, as we were discussing off off camera as well, that left side, Tierney was bombing up and uh, there was a few early warning signs of us getting caught out with Reese James in far too much space. And in the end, you know, it it told twice that that that's where we lost the game. And I think think that's it. It would have been a disaster if we got absolutely mauled by Chelsea, no doubt. We, We would not be sitting here going, oh, well, you know, fair enough, the better team won. We would have been distraught by it. But... It's equally irritating to know that it was so simple for us to see that that side is getting exposed. Maybe we should do something about it. Mm. And then twice they used that weakness and got two goals from it. And then aside aside from that, of course, Romelu was coming into the game and deciding to bully everyone and their nan. Like it it was (laughs) getting really tense. Like 
in the end, like, honestly, when Lukaku was getting taken out, I was applauding. I was like, yeah, well, we've got to do yeah, something. We can't yeah. just let him back into our centre-backs and send them for a hot dog every time the ball comes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's the avoidable nature. Chelsea, on, on paper, had more control of the game. We had some really good moments, some really good bursts without ever really causing them any issues. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't know if you guys remember that Rob Holding chance was a huge chance, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. the header. Oh, that man. header was so, so close. close. There was one where it went through and Emile Smith-Rowe just missed it on his toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, forget, we, should, was, we should have got a pen as well. Yeah, and that. That, bro, I was on that side and... I don't know. I don't know if VAR were maybe in the ref's ear saying, "Listen, we've had a look at it, and it doesn't need to go any further." But I was shocked. I was standing up, going, "Don't worry, it's a pen. Like, there's no way yeah. that that's not going to be a pen." Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess you've got to look at where the contact point <laughs> is because th their legs got tangled. But then uh, the way VAR, VAR works, it's like if it's not clear and obvious, they won't change the rest kind of view. Sure. I guess if there is a debate to be had about it, then I guess that kind of solves your point saying potentially, I, I don't know, man. I, again, I guess I've got to watch do, it. Do you know what? On my point, though, I'm, I don't mind that. I don't mind VAR giving the referee the benefit of the doubt because yeah. sometimes I feel like we need to go back to the days where referees were allowed to get a call wrong. Obviously, with us, it hurts when it's your team. Yeah. I think on the balance of the season, I think... Yeah. You know, the fact that we we now don't have to worry about what shoe size you are so that you don't get caught <laughs> offside, I think is I think is fine. But um I mean I've got uh, I've got a question for you, Namdi. like in that in that ten minutes when we were spurting on, did you have it at the back of your mind that if we don't capitalize in this in the next five, <laughs> ten minutes, we're gonna get done by Chelsea? Did you have that that feeling? You know, you know what? Um that's, that's a great question. Uh, do you remember um, I think it was, I can't remember what year it was, I think it was like 2017 or something. And it was, um, I think we were playing United at home. And there was a time where we were just, um, I think, I can't remember if it was one nil down where at the time, but um, we were just peppering the goal. This was like the hay when you, and the hay performance, yeah. Oh, and we were just going crazy. The Lacazette had a chance, Sanchez had a chance, da -da 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 -da. and then in my mind, I was thinking, because we, we're all going to say, we've seen it happen so many, so many times. We don't, capitalise, actually not in just schooling, it happens in football, you don't capitalise, you don't take your chances, you leave yourself open um, at the other side, so when I'm seeing, when I'm seeing that, but the thing is, in that opening first 10 minutes, I just felt very, I just felt enthusiastic, I, I like you said, I didn't really come into the game with very high hopes, we weren't on a great run of form, um, we did lose a lot of key players, da, da, da. but when, when I saw that first opening 10 minutes, Tierney bombing down the left wing, Smith Rowe getting a couple of nice touches in, um, Lacongo and Shaka spraying the ball around. Like it was, um, it was, it was, I was just, it was just enthusiastic to see us actually, you know, going at them. A lot of the pre match talk was, okay, maybe Otet um, is going to go for a 3 4 3, try and match them, da, 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 which in hindsight probably was a pretty good decision. But seeing yeah. that on that, yeah. like on a defensive, um, like a defensive approach to the game, I was happy to see us. Go at them, you know, the champions of Europe, whatever. It's it's that like our stadium, it's our first home game of the season. Let's get at them and give the crowd something to be riled up for. So um in my head, actually wasn't thinking, okay, if we don't score now, we're gonna concede because I was just like, let's just ride out the wave, you know. It's it's we're it's a youth, it's a youthful team. We're clearly the underdogs in this game, and let's just see how you know how long we can take it. But obviously the the couple goes a disappointment. But no, yeah, that first 10 minutes was it was it was um pleasing to see. Mm. Like you said, like you said earlier, though, um, 
the, the two main positives from that game, well, Sambi, massive positive, like, what? Yeah. Man, he seems to be a, a gem. And I know when we signed him, um, people in Belgium around Anderlecht were saying, you signed the next big thing, like, mm. he's this, he's that. And, like, at the same, at the time, you take it with a pinch of salt because, you know, if you if you sign anyone, uh, anyone's player, they're going to big him up. Um, but Sambi, massive positive. Um, you've not, you're now at the stage where you're like, when Partey's fit, are you taking Shaka out? Yeah, Shaka for him. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's what, mm. that was actually a discussion that came up with me and my friends when we were talking about, let's say, like a midfield three pivot when Partey yeah, comes yeah. in. Mm. Then you thought about where Odegaard fits into it all. Mm, and then you actually thought, wow, Xhaka, Mr. Dependable, Mr. Mm. Mr. Big Game Energy might actually have to be the one that faces the cut because... Sambi offers a dynamism and an energy that I almost feel like Xhaka wants to achieve, but doesn't have the physical capability to achieve. Yeah, you see yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Xhaka wants to be that all-action, uh, you know, screening the midfield, getting the tackle in and spraying a ball. But, I mean, Sambi, it wasn't just his ability to pass, but... I don't know if you saw, it's his ability to turn, like the half turn on his first yeah, touch. Yeah, I saw that at Brentford as well. You know, like even, even when he feels like he's being pressed, the way he lets the ball run across his body and take it into space, I think is insane. And um, I, I love, I'm a Xhaka fan. I'm a Xhaka advocate. And I feel like when Xhaka goes, we'll go, oh, do you know what? Maybe Xhaka wasn't so bad and we should just calm ourselves down as in, entitled fans. But Sambi Lakonga is uh, something really special. And I feel like a player like that in front of Partey will allow Partey to not feel like he has to be so all-action. He can just do the positional stuff that he's good at. And Martin Odegaard can kind of connect the midfield to the front three. So, man, there's always a lot to be positive about. And um, I think Sambi's a, a great addition. And I think Xhaka would be the one that cuts out of that ideal midfield three. But man, I was watching the game and one thing struck me then was, I know it's a bit obvious, but no, we're a young team, man. Very. Yeah, we're, we're a really young team. And I think we're asking too much from ourselves to want to say we should be fighting for the top four. We should this, we should that. Like when we look at our, who's our star player? Saka. Saka is young. When you look at... Well, he's 19. Our, he's 19. Bro, that, so like when you when you look at like nineteen year olds around the world right now, you've got like Jude Bellingham. And that we're looking at Jude Bellingham and saying he's a child. He's, so, he's eighteen, but, still Jude Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, Jude yeah. Bellingham is eighteen. But when mm. we look at Saka, maybe because he's in the Premier League or maybe he's at a prominent role in our team, yeah. we all of a sudden are now right. This guy needs to drag us to success. You've got mm. Emil Smith Rowe as well, super young. Sambi Lakonga, super young. Like we've got in key elements of our team. Even Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard has been around for donkey's years mm. and he's seen as this big time player. He's still only 22. 22. Yeah. You know? And he's never really had uh, a club where he feels like he belongs and he can go and strut his stuff. This is his first big time arrival after flirting with loan spells in and out of Real Madrid. Um, so I, th I think it's about managing expectations and trying to find out the best way to get the best out of these players and make them gel, like identity-wise especially. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I retweeted something on Twitter the other day, just kind of touching on what you, you said. And I've said it on some various kind of platforms this last couple um, couple of weeks, but our team, you look at our team right now, like you said, Saka, 19, Smith-Rowe is 20, Martinelli, he's 20, uh, Balogun, he's, 
he's around 19, 20. Um, the, the, that, that made up our front four against Brentford. Yeah. And it made up at one point what our front four was against Chelsea. Some of these players are like playing a lot of minutes at this age. And you think about it in four or five years time, just think how good they could be. Think of Erdegaard now, baller, yeah. big player. But in 20, in, he's only 22. Think in three, four years, how much of a big player he could be. Just kind of on that, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I did, um, I retweeted something on Twitter saying, Arsenal in five years' time, Saka, 24 years old, Martinelli, 25, Balogun, 25, Smith-Rowe, 25, Saliba, 25, Lokonga, 26, Tavares, 26, Nelson, 26, Ben White, 28, Gabriel, 28, Tierney, 29, Erdegaard, 27. Think how, where that team will be in five years' time, where we yeah, could so, be yeah. potentially pushing to. Um, I think the future is bright and Chaka kind of has touched on it in some of his um his interviews saying we're destined for success um but but Namdi how exciting could that team be in just like four or five years time um I think <laughs> see it, the, the the ages the, mm. the promise the talent like it, it does excite me but it's don't be pessimistic but it's, it's just a bit hard to be excited and look four or five yeah, years in the sure, future sure, when sure. you look at how things are if that makes sense um sure, sure. it's 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 see it's it's difficult because i sometimes sometimes when you look at that and you look at the the especially this summer okay this summer you can see a kind of direction that we're going in with the signings of Ramsdale, Odegaard, Tavares, all young players that mm. aren't going to come in and change the team straight away but in two three years of course but then when you caveat that now you look at the signings of okay signing of William the signings of um and he was um sorry the signs of William Mustafi was offered a new contract last summer Orba got a huge bumper contract talks of Lacazette getting a new contract so when you look at that you, you think what direction are we actually going in are we going in this youthful direction because if so then cashing in on Lacquer and and um them sort of players now is key but then mm. if if we're not doing that, then why are they, you know what I mean? Like, why are these, why are these not getting big money? Probably stifling. Why is Laka getting a, a new contract? Possibly, possibly stifling the, the, the growth of someone like Balogun or Martinelli. Does that make it sense? Almost, yeah, it almost it almost feels like where we want to go one way, but we don't want to fully commit. Yeah, we wanna, yeah, yeah. We want to have our our other hand in the other pipe just in case. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and when you do that, then you don't do you're not doing anything. You know, by by doing both mm. tentatively. You're not actually taking a direction. Yeah. I completely Could that be it. our downfall then? Could that be our downfall for the here and now? Like focusing too much on the future rather than prioritising the here and now? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think I, I agree with Daniel like 100%. If you're not doing, if you're not all in on one, okay, we're going for this youthful project. We're going to give these guys game time the same ways we did with Saka, the same way we've done with Smith Rowe. Fine. If you do that, obviously, um, and I saw a quote from Wenger a couple of years ago, all people, and there's something about like, um, obviously you'll cost yourself a couple of points trusting in uh, in the youth, but overall it'll pay dividends later on. Absolutely. And it's a thing where it's a thing where like Daniel's right. If you don't put it all into this project, then you're not going to get anything out of it. And it and also it comes down to the fact that I, I agree we do need a bit of balance. But you can't come and have a, a complete team of 21 year olds, 11 20 year olds, and say okay, cool, go get me Champions League. It's not sure. going to work. Sure. But when you're doing the when when it comes to the balance, you've got to look at the the, the older, more experienced players and say they are not. They are letting the team down. They yeah. are not helping. We are relying on a 19-year-old Saka, a 21-year-old Smith Rowe. Like our seven and number ten are are are. Hell, this is great. They're hell hell and um, graduates. But I mean, really, 
Orba, Shaka, uh, 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 Laka, Leno, these big name, big wage players are letting the team down. And sure. so it, it is true where it's like, you do need some balance, but I think you've got to go all one way. And if we're going to like, go for the youth... Yeah, when, when you, when you uh, said the youngsters, it reminded me of when you look at United's class of 99, yeah, yeah. where you had a lot of game-changing youngsters... But then to caveat that, yeah. you had monsters. You had Roy Keane, you had Peter Schmeichel, mm. you had Dennis Irwin talking to Gary Neville. There was there were these pillars of the club that were yeah. basically holding things together and making sure these young players had the, the mental stability to go out and express themselves and say, listen, we're here, we'll take care of all that nitty-gritty stuff. You go and ball out. And yeah. you're absolutely right, it feels like we can't rely on our most senior and most experienced players. I, I Again, I go back to it. Performance-wise, maybe not mentally, I feel like we can rely on people like Xhaka. Unfortunately, people like Lacazette and Aubameyang, I feel like they... And, and I'm a Lacazette fan, and mm-hmm. Aubameyang has given me some great moments in an Arsenal shot, but I feel like when, when it's popping off, um, they often check out of the situation, yeah. depending on their mood. Yeah. And... Um, when you've got players like Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka that don't seem to check out in any situation, yeah. there's that alienation that, well, are we all on the same page or not? Or are you yeah. kind of just here for the vibes and the London lifestyle or are you here to win games? And yeah. um, I think I think that's where we're in a bit of a limbo. And it's funny because normally if we want to clear people out, we, we, are, we do not have an attractive array of people that we can get big money for so we've got we've got younger players that we need to hold on to otherwise our club will take a step back and then we've got other players that we can't really sell because our team's not doing well enough for us to command a big fee for them so then we're stuck in that very flat almost we're stuck in that almost like Liverpool 2012 vibe Mm -hmm. you know yeah Where, and, and and that's what we have to accept, that football is full of cycles, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. before Chelsea ended up dominating the last 15 years, they were essentially an irrelevant cup team. Um, United, yeah. before they did the absolute madness in the late 90s and through the 2000s and the 80s, was a period of absolute nothingness. And unfortunately, Arsenal Come are on, going yeah. through yeah. that cycle. We're going yeah. through a cycle where we are... We are underachieving by our historical standards and we have to have a bit of a reality check, almost like the England team. You know, mm-hmm. how many years did we look at England and go, England are one of the top five teams in the world, England should we do this? The moment Gareth Southgate actually realised, hold on, listen, we're not one of the best teams in the world. We need to develop a system where we work towards our strengths. We ended up reaching the semi-finals of the World Cup and then the final of the Euros. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like with Arsenal, we need to... We need to do that. And um, I guess the only question is now, is do we sacrifice the Arsenal way of playing football to solidify ourselves? Or do we say, well, no, we, we can't lose our club identity just to win games. Like, what what way do you turn? Mm, yeah, 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 for well sure. Said. So just on, on the whole kind of the Chelsea game, just to wrap that kind of, wrap that up, really. Um, I know there's a lot, lot, well, some fans have kind of said, um, judging Mikel Arteta on that performance and saying that he's at fault for it. But for me personally, it's kind of hard to do that when you've only got, well, that team that you've got, you don't have your first choice defence, you don't have your first choice midfield and your strikers are 
um, well, one's on the bench after having one training session mm. and the other one's, well, in, in the box because he's only just come out of isolation. So, Namdi, how much of how much of a factor do you think those nine players that um, are out at the moment will have when they come back in? And do you feel like that's a fair time to judge Mikel Arteta? Because just to touch on it, you've got the likes of Gabriel, Ben White. That's Well, is that our first choice centre-back pairing? I'd say it is. Even though they're, they're both right-footed, which is, I guess, maybe the only thing. But Gabriel and Ben White, I'd say, are our two best defenders. Thomas Partey, on his day, is one of the best midfielders in Europe, in my opinion. Um, and then Lacazette, Aubameyang. I mean, whatever you can say about them, they still improve this team. Um, how much of an... And, sorry, Martin Odegaard as well, of course, who you've got to come in. Um, anyone I've missed there, really? That kind of... Not, not anyone that I can really think of. Um, but how much of, of a difference do you think those players will make when they come back in? Um, well, like I said before, I, I don't, I personally don't believe in that game on Sunday that the game that those lot would have changed the game too much. But I will say, um, I, I like, and I agree with you there when you said that I don't really think you can blame Arteta for Sunday's result. Um, mm. he did, he lost, I mean, who, who, who can, who can carry it for losing nine key players? Uh, but I, I will say, yeah, like you, that is when you can judge him because, of, especially, um, in the cases of like Odegaard. Um, even Ramsdale, if he gets eased in as well. I mean, these are Arteta signings, Edu signings. So, obviously, this is the the direction, this is their plan, these are their tactics. You can only judge them when you see it put to work, see these players put into the first 11. Um, I do think, see, I don't know, this is just emotion talking, but I still have, um, I mean, Orba went through a lot last year. And so I feel like with um, a nice, youthful, fluid, um, energetic, a lot of movement behind him, um, Odegaard and Smith Rowe will definitely come in as well, fluctuate with uh, Pepe and Saka on the wings. I do still think there are goals in Orba. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed uh, when he when he came on for that last right. 10 minutes, yeah. there was a real direction to yeah. the team. There yeah. really yeah. was. And I, 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 I was excited about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Aubameyang as well, he's a player. That he feeds off the crowd, doesn't he? he like, feeds off energy, definitely. He misses the fans. Yeah. I think this is his big chance. I mean, we will know at the end of the season if there's still anything left in Aubameyang for us. And I, like yeah. I said, Namdi, I agree with you, man. I think Aubameyang, he, he's got a big big season this big year. Big season. He's, 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 the, he's, a, he's where the goals come from. If they don't come from him, gone. You think this time last year, everyone was like, Aubameyang's lethal. He just won us a community shield. He won yeah. the FA Cup. He scored a, game, a goal on the opening uh, day against Fulham. It just all went downhill from there, man. And yeah. honestly, I feel like he—he's—he he can't change that much in a year. I do believe there's still still a guy in there that is because in in the, in that time, people were saying, yeah, he's he's up there as one of the best in Europe. He's mm. still he's still got this. He's one of the best strikers in the Premier League by far. And now people are j- just saying, well. Clowning him and turning. Yeah, he's to, finished. He's finished. He's yeah, finished. exactly. And you've got to take in, you've got to take into consideration as well the fact I, I I do not know why why Arteta has this just love to just slap him on the left and open. He's, he's, that's not his game. He's not yeah. going to come and change the game from there. He's a striker. He's always been a striker. Yeah. Um, so I I don't get it. So I do think Orba as our number nine. Um, with some good players behind them, I still think there's goals in there, and I think sure. um I think yeah Odegaard will come in. I'm really happy with the signing of Odegaard. Yeah. Um. And like 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 you said as well, like players, you said about the fluctuation between like um, Pepe, Odegaard, and stuff like yeah. that. Players like Odegaard will they want a direct forward in front of yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. they yeah. want to be able to pick those players out. Yeah, and you you you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. I think yeah. I think Oba's got something to prove to himself. Yeah, um, and I think I think we've got players behind him 
to help him do that if if we just stick with him centrally. Yeah. One thing one thing as well that I'll add about what Dan was saying as well, that I think now for, for the first time in quite a long time, we have a squad where other than let me say maybe two three players, I think Sakatini and 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 maybe a couple players around them, not everyone's position is guaranteed. I mean, mm. you can go with either Smith Rowe or um, Odegaard. Um, Pe- I mean, Pepe's an enigma. You never know what you're going to get from him. Do, do, do. So, like, like, and then now Ramsdale's come to challenge Leno. The right back position's up in the air. I think f- finally we have a squad where it's not it's not the greatest quality in there, but there's players that are like, you know what? To me, for me to get here um start on at three pm on a Saturday, I need to put in a shift. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. There's, and competition is only good. I mean, yeah. Orba was. I think Orba dropped off a lot as well because he knew that like, no matter what happens, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna start on the left <laughs> every week. Yeah. And um, now he's he's, he's not gonna get that. Um, Martinelli wasn't great on the weekend, but I mean, Martinelli can walk up his game and um press Orba up there. The, Odegaard, Saka, um, Pepe, Smithrow, um, even Nelson can come in the team as well. There are there's competition for places, and I think that's good for the team. Hundred percent. Just on that, I know you touched on it. Dan, what's your opinion on Martinelli at centre forward? Do you think that's his future or do you think he's Ooh. on the left wing? You know what? Uh, I remember looking at, and I love Gabby, by the way. I'm just gonna mm. preface that, but I guess you know because I prefaced it with something positive. You know <laughs> but I actually said to my cousin, I'm not sure what Martinelli does. Mm. And I wasn't sure whether it was because he wasn't getting the service he needed, but it just felt like he was a guy that ran, ran a lot. <laughs> without doing much and yeah, um yeah. for me i think football's changed man I, d- I just don't think you know that thierry Henry or that kind of i'm not comparing jackson martinez to thierry Henry, by the way but that jackson martinez kind of on the shoulder really quick striker that likes finessing it into the bottom corner i don't know if football allows for that type of striker anymore mm. um i think you either you either have a focal point who is your like your big number nine or your monster, you know, like yeah, you've got Lukaku. Lukaku. yeah Lewandowski, Holland, Lukaku, you've got that type of player. Mm. Or you have like a pivot style one, like Firmino or Griezmann or so- someone that brings players in. Um, or you have like a dynamic front three where all of them are kind of doing their bits. So with that said, originally I was like, oh my God, if we have Gabby through the middle, that rapid kind of striker. Like, for example, when Mbappe first came on the scene, I was like, oh my God. Mbappe's that kind of almost blast from the past, really quick striker in the middle of the park that's going to tear defences apart. But I think he will now go through his career as a wide forward. Uh, Like, I think that. And I think, I guess, because of how football's changing, I think that's where Gabby's future lies as well, with a licence to come in on his stronger foot, but starting the situation out wide. Mm. Um, Aubameyang is quick, but he is way more of a poacher than someone that runs at centre backs or, yeah. or, or yeah. something. Like he's you know, his first season with us. If you look at his uh, the type of goals he scored, bro, this guy was fox in the box. Yeah, you know, he was. He wasn't. He wasn't like that type of guy that would try and blitz past a centre back or beat two people and put it in the top corner. So, I think for Gabby, his future lies out wide personally, mm-hmm. and. Um, is this a big season for him? That's the question. I think we've been waiting for Gabby to fully pop off. And every time we see him, he's almost, he his name being on the team sheet is what gets the fans talking the most. Yeah. Because we almost yeah. feel like, oh, is this the game where Gabby's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, 
remains to be seen. It's a it's a big season for him, and I, I think people seem to have forgotten about him because we've got so many problems. Yeah, I think Gabby's got a lot a lot to to prove why why we're so obsessed with him. Hundred percent, and like you said, I'm a big fan of Gabby as well. I think he's a um, his attitude. I think is what stands out to him. He's got he's got that killer attitude, and mm. I think that's what Arteta loves as well. Just a never say die. Like even though he was just like running, and well, he didn't really get any service. Like he just kept running, kept running, and that's what you know you'll get with Gabby. Um, but this season, I don't know. I feel like he might be used more as like a substitute yeah. kind of impact player because whenever seventieth minute fit, vibe. Yeah, when you've when you've when you've got everyone fit, you'd probably think well. Saka will probably go on the left or right. It'll be Saka and Pepe will probably be your first choice wingers. And then for me personally, I'm not a massive fan of Gabby up front just because yeah. I don't think he's got that physicality, like you said, to hold the ball up, which I think you really need in today's game, which I think... But see, that's the thing. Sorry to cut you off. That's, that's the thing that he's... Yeah, exactly. But mm. let's... let's um, to um, to balance it there, he's what, 19, 20? How's Gabby yeah. there? Mm. I mean, I'm expecting him. He's not got his man's body. I'm expecting him to be, oh, the, you know, 100%. yeah, the focal point back of um, yeah, yeah, um sure. back of the centre back. Did it? Sure. It's, it's, it's unfair for him to, to expect that from him. So. Like Holland, Holland, Holland is a freak of nature. Yeah, and yeah. and and no one in the world should ever be compared mm. to what yeah. Holland is doing. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying for here and now. I think this season, right now, what Gabby is and how he's playing. I think I prefer him on the left. Yeah, just because of that ability, and like you said, having that license to come inside like a Bamian does. But I think mm. this season, I think he just needs to play. He needs minutes. Like, yeah, like, is it? Do, yeah, do you think it's um? I think there's a confidence thing. I think I'm I'm not comparing the two players, but I almost feel like it's one of those ones where Pep Guardiola handled Phil Foden's situation very, very well. <laughs> he never made Foden feel like he wasn't part of the future and the present of the club. Yeah. Mm. And he never made Foden feel like he had anything to prove. He almost gave Foden this thing that, listen, it's only a matter of time where yeah. you are going to be our guy, you know? Yeah. And I think with that meant that Foden didn't have the pressure. He, Foden just needed to go and play when he was given chances. And I think that's a similar approach that needs to be developed with Gabby Martinelli. We need to put Gabby on the pitch and make him feel like he can express himself. So we need to make him feel like he can go and attempt to take on three players if he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Without feeling like he's going to get the chop or he's going to get slaughtered if he doesn't. Because once we unlock that confidence in him, uh, I know from doing an interview with him, uh, his English, I've, I've, well, I've not caught up with him since, but his English was non-existent, but he was... Uh, taking lessons he's so he's, lying, not, yeah. he's not one of those young players that is very worldly that oh yeah i know english and i know about pop culture what's going on here he's very brazilian very south american and now he's moved to the other side of the world yeah and i feel like giving him that confidence to just go and express himself and that everything will be okay we'll get we'll get the best out of him eventually i think mm, yeah for sure there, there's a player in there man and I'm really excited to see what Gabby can do this season. Um, alongside Reese Nelson as well, I think if he if he plays for us, I think Nelson just needs to play. He needs minutes as well, whether that be on loan, whether that be with us. That's just another question, but um, we'll wait and see that one. Uh, we still got how many days we got left until the. Well, I need to t- I need to touch on that, bro. Sorry, I'm so disappointed. Reese is not going out alone. Yeah, yeah I'm no, kind of surprised by agree. that as well. I'd have to no, I'd have to agree. I like 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 I said, I just think he needs minutes. And you'd say if he's not gone alone, then you'd think he's going to get minutes with us. But then, yeah, he, him know. at him at Palace like would be such a good, would be but, such you know, a good move. I'm, yeah, not, I'm, not, that, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying football is as simple as this, but mm-hmm. you've got Vieira. Vieira loves Arsenal. 
Arsenal love Vieira. Yeah. Vieira knows he's got the best interests of Reese Nelson at heart. He's not going to like leave him out to dry. He's going to look after him. Mm. The way Palace like to play, they've uh, they've lost Andros Townsend. Palace. They've got Eze injured. I know they signed uh, another player from the Championship, but they've got someone like Zaha outside. Reese Nelson is crying out for a team yeah. like this, like yeah. a team that relies on their wide players. Mm. And um, yeah. I, I like he he. He proved it at Hoffenheim, you know, when he got the young player of the year in the Bundesliga. He proved that he's got what it takes. And at, at Arsenal, sometimes I feel like when you've been around for ages, you mm. it's kind of like people get comfortable with leaving you out or leaving you on the side. And maybe yeah. maybe Reese Nelson feels comfortable at Arsenal. And I love Reese Nelson. He's a great uh, he's a great guy, and I think he's a wavy baller as well. Yeah. But I think he needs to take a step away from Arsenal and, and show people what he's got and kind of like what Joe Willock did. Joe Willock was... That's like, exactly that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. Going, I'm going out to Newcastle and he, he's now got a stat that is like ridiculous, bro. He broke Shearer's record of uh, games, games, most consecutive games. goals scored. Uh, like, yeah. bro, well, that, that's nuts. And now he's got his move. And okay, maybe Joe Willock didn't dream of playing for Newcastle one day. He wanted to play for the Arsenal. But Joe Willock now is in a team where he's valued, respected, and where he feels like he can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And Reese Nelson, if we're not ready to cut ties with him, yeah, send yeah. him on loan, let him have a season yeah. and ball out. Yeah, it's going to stagnate. I think, I don't know if you don't remember the, um, you know what it was? It was, uh, <laughs> I don't know what this stuck out to me. It was Barté Borisov <laughs> in the Europa League 2017. And and um, he was playing, I think like right wing back or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember Martin Kion, which is waxing lyrical about him because he was going crazy. Like he was playing so well. Yeah. And that was 2017. It's now four years later and we're still saying, oh yeah, he's got a bit of potential. Like, yeah, yeah. It's true. If, if, when you get to the point where it's like mm-hmm. four years potential yeah. and, you, and you're looking at his best mate, Joe Willick, he's gone and, and, and taken the world. Like, yeah, I think... He needs minutes. He needs minutes. He needs to play 25, 30 games in a season. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. That's what, that's what needs to happen with Reese. And I thought he should have gone on loan when Willock went on loan. I was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, my sure. men. So, because yeah. he was just sat around, wasn't he? And for the remainder of the season, just kind of sat around, like not even coming off the bench much at all. So, yeah. I think well, he made appearances in the under 23s, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, he, he should have gone alone last that. January. It didn't happen. You yeah, can't that, that this season. Yeah, need- that's, and we- that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, Reese Nelson, a player of his stature, can yeah. not games. be. Yeah, he cannot be yeah. confined to playing for the under no. 23s possible. And we don't and we don't even have European football, so it's not like we can offer a, well, yeah, uh, oh, a, a lot, exactly. you know. Yeah. Maybe probably is Reese Nelson at his stage in his career gonna be okay with a couple of FA Cup games here and there? I don't think so. No, no, he needs yeah, he needs to be in a situation where he's competing for that starting yeah. lineup every week. Because yeah. Joe Willett's probably got an eye on the, on the World Cup team now. If if he if he sticks in there, like he's well, that, well, yeah, well, he's at least even if he's not got an eye on the World Cup team, he's at least got an eye on okay, I can now become an established Premier League player yeah maybe yeah, his exactly. debut for the England first team it's on exactly. the friendlies or something like exactly. that yeah. something like that yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm sure Reese Nelson would see that and be like a bit motivated anyway like we'll see what happens with that yeah 100% so obviously we'll, we'll move on now a little bit to talk about the transfer window so far and who we've signed obviously we've had uh let me just try to remember we had Lakonga, Tavares, um, Ben White, um, Erdegaard and Ramsdale I haven't missed anyone there have I? Nah. No. No so Based off those players we've signed so far, there's rumours of we might have one more. Dan, are you, plan- are you feeling happy as far as incomings are concerned going ahead into the new season? Sambi Lakonga had no idea who he was, loved him after his first interview, adore him after his performances. Mm. Aaron Ramsdale. What guy? Well, I, I, 
You know, listen, I love Arsenal just like Aaron Ramsdale loves Arsenal. That's brilliant. But yeah, yeah true. I don't know why we I like I can't believe Sheffield United squeezed that much out of us. Mm. Anyway, fine. It's not my dad's money anyway. I don't care. But I like, but, but but still, I, I feel like that money could have gone somewhere else. But but mm. I am wary of the fact that our after we sold Emmy, our goalkeeping situation in terms of who Leno could compete with was so dire. Yeah. That Ramsdale walking in, who by the way was selected for England's Euro 2020 mm. squad. Yeah, Let's not forget yeah. that this guy is a an England goalkeeper. Yeah, I think Leno and Ramsdale should not really like each other. I think it should be a Henderson and De Gea situation where they yeah. almost look at each other and go, "I want that number one shot. I'm not happy for you if you're mm. playing." And he I came and said that, that in his interview. He said that in his interview. Yeah, 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 he was like, "I want to be number one." Mm, well, yeah. good, that's great. Good. That's great. And, and, and so, so that I, I, I'm absolutely yeah. fine with. Um, uh, Odegaard. I think wrapping up Odegaard is kind of, it's not as exciting because. It's not a new signing. You saw him play last yeah. year. But yeah. I feel like Odegaard is a top player. Mm. And I Dan, where, do you stand, where do you stand on the um, Odegaard and Madison debate? Where do you stand on that? In terms of who would I rather have Who bought? would you have rather had, yeah. Do you know what the thing is? Madison, 70 million, I feel like we would have had our pants fall down. I, I don't know if Madison is the type of guy that is... I, I like Madison. I'm a, I'm a Madders guy. I like his personality. I like what he brings to a team and I like his dynamism as well. But I don't feel like he would have been, you know, that almost impact signing like a, like a Sanchez or an Ozil where we feel like our goals are going to go up or he's going to be that Hit kind of runner. Runner. Yeah, mm -hmm. that creative spot. I think Odegaard is the more level-headed choice. Yeah. Like um, we want Madison and all, we're going to do a sick reveal video and it's going to be all vibey and stuff like that. I think Odegaard is the more level-headed choice and I think Odegaard, on like on default is a class player is, yeah. is, is a class above a player like Madison with yeah, all due yeah, respect. Yeah. So um has he got a higher also, ceiling as well? Yeah. yeah, he's got a higher ceiling. And also it's one of those ones where I don't see for now Emil Smith Rowe fitting into a midfield three. I'd like to see Emil Smith Rowe uh, sorry in, in a midfield three. I'd like to see a mid uh, Emil Smith Rowe in a front three, like mm. out wide, like you know, him and Saka switching in and out of situations and making them dizzy. And I feel like a midfielder like Odegaard is a much better complement to someone like Lukonga and Partey in the midfield. So mm -hmm. I, I'm I, I'm pleased with it. And I'm glad we we didn't have to fork out 70 million for uh, Madison because I feel like 70 million outside of the Prem gets you an insane player. Like yeah, it gets yeah. you really an insane player. Where, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, go on, Danny. No, 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 sorry, no, you go. No, you go. Yeah, um, I'm. I was the same. <laughs> you know what? I'm. I'm backtracked now because in the last episode I came here with you and Eddie, and I was like, yeah, I want Madison. He's the state. He's the statement signing. But I think um, when you when you calm down, you realize if you're being level headed, Odegaard for the half the price of Madison. Odegaard is not half the player of Madison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's probably the it's the um, how can I say? It's, it's probably the. He's the smart signing. He's the smart yeah. acquisition. He, I do think he's got a higher ceiling. Um, Madison's injury record isn't great. I would have loved James Madison to play for Arsenal. Don't get me wrong. Same, same. Um, but then if you, if Arsenal, the only re, the only point where I believe this signing becomes a better signing than signing Madison is if the funds that we're saving on potentially getting Madison goes on a right back or a striker right. or something like that. Right. If we, if we are smart with that money, and invest it in the team somewhere else where we have a good 22-year-old um, promising attacking midfielder with a right-back coming in for the price of Madison, then I'm happy. If not, 
only time will tell with it. That's what I was going to ask next. It leads on quite nicely to that, uh, Namdi. Who, where, if we do have one more sign in this window, where is that has to? Where does that have to be priority? Right back. Right, right back. back. Right back. Right back. Right back. I right back. Please, Man, Edu, Edu, Arteta, if you're listening, please sign a right I back. Thank you. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, we need a right back. Is Indeed, it is what right Chambers back. Chambers English Cafu not, not doing it enough for you? Oh, yes. <laughs> please I think sign a right back in, <laughs> in Chambers in Chambers and Cedric. We have two very good backup right backs, but not a starter. I know, Dan, you you were a big um you want you were a big kind of fan of like dream of having Hakimi at the, the carpet, but then he's gone PSG and that that's long gone, man. <laughs> that's long gone, but <laughs> Dan, is that like, tell me, talk this talk, yeah. 70 million on Hakimi. I would drive and pick up Hakimi myself, bring him, take him to dinner, wine and dine his family. <laughs> I'm happy to spend 70 million on a right back like Hakimi. What a baller, man. What a baller. Like, that... he's, got, he's gone PSG, he's gone to join Leo Messi. Yeah, but here, here's the thing, man. You know, like what my signings, the signings that I want don't make sense and they're never going to happen. Mm. But sometimes I feel like, why can't we just, like, why can't we recognize that? Inter Milan are financially in the shit right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they need they need money. They need money. So they're not going to ask for 100 million for Otaro Martinez. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, we can, like, why can't we look at the fact that Lille, they've lost their manager, their title-winning manager. The TV rights in France have changed, so a lot of clubs have lost money. And Lille need to generate funds in order to sustain their model, which they have for three or four years. Why are we not you wanted, looking you at it? You wanted Sanchez. You wanted Sanchez. Want Sanchez, man. You wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, and, and if you told me we would sign Hakimi, Renato Sanchez, and Lautaro Martinez in one window, I'd say, fuck PSG's window. Sorry for my language. I, w- I would honestly go, bruv, I'm about to smash this table. Anyway, <laughs> but we, like, do you know what I mean? And I know I'm in fantasy land, but I don't feel like Hakimi. Sanchez and Martinez were like outrageously unreasonable signings. Like I wasn't asking for Holland. And- if you if you if you take one set, so if we just if we just try and do the maths here, so we spent how much is it? One hundred and twenty nine million in the window so far. So yeah. you take Martinez, maybe sixty mil. Yeah. Hakimi, sixty again. No, Haki- How much did PSG pay for him? Was that seventy euros? I think seventy million euros, something like that. Wait, they paid seventy. Let me check. I think I think something like that. Oh, wait, I, I don't know. If we, if we, well, so if we say, wait, so Renato Sanchez, 35, 30, 30, 30, and then you're talking Hakimi, you're saying somewhere around the 60 mark again, that's 150, that's 150 M's, 150 mil compared to what we spent 60 mil. We, yeah, you're right. 60, yeah. So, where, whereabouts does that make the same kind of impact as the signings we've made so far? But because then you're thinking, I don't know, you're thinking then you don't have a backup goalkeeper, you don't have that attacking midfielder, but you do have Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez is everything. Mm. Renato Sanchez is an attacker when you want him to be. He's a destroyer when you want him to be. He's box-to-box when you want him to be. Partey, Laconga, and Sanchez. Uh, We can can, maybe consider that one in the next window. Are Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Make not try try not to completely. Sure. We, are, we are no longer swearing. I apologize to all the viewers. 
I, I let it slip. It it's cool, man. Football. Don't worry. I let it me. slip like Gerard, but it's not happening. Anymore. <laughs> it's back cool, to, man. It's cool. Back to family language. Sorry, yes. <laughs> so that that midfield there, you're talking about a midfield that would make me faint, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah. So um, I think with 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 it, um, I think maybe we could look at. Um, I think next summer we'll go for a centre mid because I don't know if Shaka will still be. Well, I don't know. He's just signed a long time deal, hasn't he? So potentially at yeah. some point soon we could be looking for a new centre mid, but. We'll, we'll save that conversation for another day. But um, yeah, just to, we're going to wrap up the podcast here with one final subject. Um, it's been great having you both on so far. Um, always love it having you. Last time. The last time we had you on was, uh, both of you on was uh, the Euros prediction. Euros, yeah. What a time. We, and we, we, predicting... got it, we, got it, we got it horribly wrong. Oh, I think we, we predicted Turkey to get to the semis. And we that said Turkey. With, oh my God, that was Namdi, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sticking me in it. No, I'm just putting it out there. Namdi was dying on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, we predicted Scotland to beat Spain. And oh, no, it was all. God. But we did predict England to make the final. You, we did, we did. But it was against France. I don't think anyone predicted Italy to uh, go as far as they did, even though they had, well, what a tournament. And well, we, we got um, Jorginho just kind of had an tournament along with the rest of them as well. But yeah, yeah we'll wrap up the podcast. Talking about our game in midweek, we are playing West Brom uh, in the second round of the Carabao Cup. If you can tell by my voice, I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, <laughs> it is a, well, I mean, to be fair, is a chance for us to get our first win of the the well this season. Um, first goal as well. Yeah, first goal as well. I mean, if we're not careful and we don't score against West Brom or City, the August uh, goal of the season is looking crazy. Yeah. Our goal of the our goal of the month might have to be a training video goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, West West Brom. Um, Dan, can you feel any kind of excitement for that game? No, uh, but also also listen, man. Like I guess sometimes when it, when it's gone wrong like this, sometimes you need a game to ball out and express yourself. And yeah, I hope someone like Gabby Martinelli doesn't get a rest. I hope Arteta is in his ear saying, "Go and get a goal." You know, like go and open your account for the season. Yeah, yeah. I hope Flo Balogun gets in the mix of that and says, go and get a goal. Like this is the Carlin Cup. This is against a championship team. Score mm-hmm. against this team and show them that you're a Premier League baller. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. It's a Carlin Cup. Um, if we win, if we score some nice goals, I'll, I'll watch them back and I'll be excited. But um, all roads lead to Man City, to be honest. I'm not really mm-hmm. bothered about yeah, the West Brom yeah. game. Um, Namdi, do we play a full strength team like realistically like to try and get something to appease the fans here do we play a strong team because well we've lost our first two games um, we haven't won any of the official games in pre-season um, well apart from the two behind closed doors ones oh my do we goodness. have to play do we have to play a strong team here just to get some sort of win on the board <laughs> oh my gosh we've fallen so- <laughs> look how we're talking about our club I know um, man you know what <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we need we ha- we we have to win. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say um full strength. I'm st- I think we're still waiting on like scans like on the updates of like Tierney and that sort of those sort of players. I would say, yeah. you know, I would I would say reasonably strong. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, Nelly, like, Reese, yeah, that those oh, sort of, no, some players yeah, definitely can get a get, start, get a run start maybe like Tavares. I think it'd be good to see him. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. sure. He's hundred percent. But he'll he'll start, but then he'll probably have to start again on Sunday, depending on Tierney, isn't it? So, uh-huh. um, do you play a bad man? Do you play like a Zet, seeing as they can get minutes before City? I would, I would, I, I'd, I agree with Daniel. I would, I would start Martinelli and Balogun. Um, 
I think Auburn only had one training session last week, innit? So I let him rest until City, so he's fully ready. Um, yeah. But um, you're right. We have to win. Mm. We, ha- we, we have to win. And West Brom will be no pushover as well. Um, I mean, I know I mean, they were relegated, but you saw the way they played against us in some of the, the games last season. And, well, they're already top of the championship. Well, you can't really read into that too much at this stage. But um, I think, yeah, like, we have to be careful here. Um that's a walk. That's a banana slip right there that we're looking mm. at because then out of there you can't say okay Chelsea were a better team and Brentford we had all this. If we go lose to Brest Brom tomorrow night, it's like, what's the excuse? We're gonna have to delete Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't put this episode out if we lose tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, hundred percent. Do we need to focus on these cup competitions this season though? We're not in Europe. Yeah. Um, we obviously we're gonna have limited minutes, but to something to appease the fans this season, no. we need to focus no. on a, a Carabao no. Cup or a. Or I think me and Daniel, I think me and Daniel agree. Our eggs in the lead basket. Yeah, no. Top we four. To, like, we need to throw every everything egg yep. in that damn basket and then smash that. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's just got to be about the league. Yeah. It's just yeah. got to be about the league and pushing as high up the table as we can. Uh, whether it's top four would be the equivalent of a trophy. Like, if, yeah. you, tell, if you say to me top four or the FA Cup and the Carling Cup, mm. I'm taking the top four. I can't lie. Somewhere, Arzavenga's watching this and smiling. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> but um, but Papa you... Vengs, I've always believed in you. Mm. Like, not these pagans. I've always loved you, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, just to, just to play devil's advocate here, would you take top four over fifth place and an FA Cup? Yes. Yeah, I would. I would. I haven't seen... I haven't seen my team play Champions League football in five years. Yeah, but the yeah, thing I is, are we re- like, I don't know if we're, we're going to get smoked in the Champions League. Do you see what I mean? I just want to be in it. <laughs> Honestly, right. I just want to be in it. I think you, think you think, yeah, but then also, I guess with Namdi's point, you'd also then you'd get more money, you'd be able to invest in more players to then hopefully build a stronger side to yeah. not smoke in the Champions League. I don't want what you said there. The fifth FA Cup, FA Cup and fifth. So you Europa League football. And to, I, if we got FA Cup and fifth place, I would feel happy. Like obviously, I'd, I think I'd rather have fourth in Champions League football, but I would feel happy with FA Cup and fifth with Arteta saying that progression, we've seen something in last season. As mm. long as we keep progressing, that's something good. But I don't know, I don't know for you, Dan, FA Cup and fifth. Oh, well, I'm a big fan of winning the Europa League, you know? Yeah. I honestly, you know, like these... I, like I want to win it. I want to win it. You know, I, some I, fans, I some fans it, talk yeah. about the Europa League like it's nothing. Like when we're in the Europa League, I am desperate for us to win it because win. of uh, two things. One... The, the prize is getting into the Champions League. Yeah. Two, the experience of quarterfinal, semi-final, final, mm. all or nothing. Like, okay. I feel like that does so much for players and that does so much for team mentality. You know, like, yeah, just, just growing and knowing how to get through barriers in knockout tournaments. Mm. Yeah. I, I would, I'd love that. I don't know if I would just take scraping fourth place and then you know, really kind of just playing a few group stage games and then struggling in the other... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would um, I would take... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take fifth in FA Cup, surprisingly. I know a lot yeah, of people yeah. are going to be like, what are you on about? But I just feel like I'd I'd do that. And then if we could win the Europa League as well, then we've got, two, the we've got two trophies and Champions League football and the vibes. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Always got the vibes, man. Always got the vibes. So, yeah. Cheers, lads. Uh, it's been great to have you back on again. Cheers, guys, for watching. Um, just before we go, West Brom predictions. Namdi? 
2-0 Arsenal. 2-0, Dan? 3-0 Arsenal. 3, okay, okay. That that would be very, that would be a very good result. I don't know, I I, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet if I'm being completely honest. I'd say, I'd say 2-1 just for for the sake of it. I do think we'll win though and I, I think, well, we need to win. It's as simple mm. as that. But um, yeah, Arsenal play West Brom um, in midweek. Um, what day is it? It is Wednesday. Arsenal play West Brom on Wednesday. So that'll be um, a good, that's, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, so, yeah. tomorrow. So um, yeah, hopefully um, this will be out um, on match day. So hopefully Arsenal can get the win um, and then Carabao Cup could be our year. Maybe we'll wait and see. It is normally Man City's competition. <laughs> yeah, um, the Man City Cup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So <laughs> cheers, lads, for coming on. It's been great. Make sure to like, subscribe. Um, all these guys' links will be in uh, the description. So make sure to drop them a follow. And we will be back again soon. Um, but until then, we'll catch you next time. Cheers, bro. Thanks, more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network